Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Saunders, and joining the podcast, as always, Cynthia Lee. Hello. That was great, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, as you can tell, uh, Greg is not hosting the podcast this week. He... Just graduated. graduated, yeah. C- congrats to Greg. Going <laughs> on to, to, to great things. He's going to uh, T-Mobile, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's there right now. Yeah. Um, so that's great. We're very proud of him. He did a great job uh, while he hosted this podcast. But now you're taking over, so it's just uh, going to be... I guess, yeah. Yeah, me and you hosting this. Yep. <laughs> um, I'll see how this one goes. I don't really know what I'm doing, but you know. Great, great start. Great start. Great intro. Kudos Thank to you. that. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you know, I kind of just like took exactly what he said. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. Like every time I've had a host when he's not here and I've had to do it myself, it like that's probably probably the most nerve wracking part saying that part. <laughs> I don't mm. know why. It's it, Yeah, it, it's so official. Like it seems like, oh, man, this is, <laughs> this is like a real thing now. Yeah. But it's just us this week. Right. Yeah. Say it again. It's, that's, it's just us this week. And as yeah. you can tell from him saying, say that again, we are not at University of Washington. We're in very separate places. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing a voice call for this pod and mm-hmm. for the rest of the summer, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be the way things work. And yeah. It's mainly going to be us two for the mm-hmm. summer seasons, I guess. And then maybe bring on some of the new film club board members on once in a while. Yeah, it's mainly just going to be us. Mm-hmm. Hopefully more people will come in fall, so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So, the film, Cynthia, do you want to introduce the film that we're talking about? Yeah, so the film that we're talking about today is The Notebook. It just had its 15-year anniversary mm-hmm. three days ago. Today's the 28th, right? Yeah, so the film came out. June 25th, 2004, and we're kind of doing this podcast both as like an easing for Jim, as I think we'll have a lot to discuss about this film, but also celebrating its 15th anniversary mm-hmm. and its importance in our cultural zeitgeist. It's odd importance, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, when you think of like important movies, I usually don't think of The Notebook, but it's Maybe, just... like for me at least, it was like, a very important film. I feel like if you know. think... I mean, yeah, I feel, I feel like if you think about romantic comedies, then... Or not, not even romantic... Not this even is not romantic a romantic comedy. Not, 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 not romantic <laughs> comedies. Sorry about that. I, I feel like if you, if you think about, like, romantic movies, it's just one of those ones that, like, I think about. And, at, mm-hmm. like, I grew up watching a lot of these... It's, it's weird, because I, I grew up watching a lot of these kind of movies, and I always knew about The Notebook, but it wasn't mm-hmm. until, like... Uh, four days ago where I actually watched it. Oh, so you've never seen it until four I, days ago. I hadn't seen it, no. Okay, so this will be an interesting conversation because I've seen this since I was like seven. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't okay. know if I'm proud of it, but yeah. <laughs> I actually noticed on your letterbox, um, I guess this sort of spoils what at least, Cynthia, at least Cynthia feels about it, but I noticed <laughs> on your letterbox you had it at a two and a half. And then you rewatched it, and it's down to a two. So I want to, I want to sort of hear your your explanation behind that that yeah, lower rating. 
Yeah, I think that's that's kind of my opinion in general of Nicholas Sparks films in general, but we can get into that a little later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're going to be talking about The Notebook, which, as we mentioned, came out in 2004. This is its 15th anniversary, so we decided we're going to talk about that to be in the culture roles like guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's adapted from Nicholas Sparks' first novel. So Nicholas Sparks is like this really prolific romance novelist. I'm pretty sure like almost every one of his books has like been adapted to a film, which is yeah. for better or for worse, I don't know. A good amount of them. They certainly have their audience. <laughs> I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. So he's had about 11 film books that have been adapted to films, which get that money, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And um, the notebook is Rotten Tomatoes critics approval rating is the highest one at 52%. At 52%. Yeah. And then I have it pulled up right now, and then his lowest is The Best of Me, which is at 8. <laughs> <laughs> which shows you how much, like, but if you take a look at, like, the audience scores, they're really high. Mm-hmm. I think I took a look at the notebook's audience rating and it's at like eighty percent. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. And, and they they make their money. Like just looking at um I'm on the same exact Wikipedia page. Um just looking at like the budget and the worldwide gross, like they all pass they all make enough money. I know to, to like, surpass their budget. So like pe- people are people are loving these movies despite you know, them having, like, a 24% average or whatever. Each film, worldwide gross, is higher than its budget, mm-hmm. which is amazing. It's like Jason Blumhouse movie. Like, it costs so little to make yeah, his yeah. films, and then they, like, make a huge amount of films. Or money, sorry, films. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a similar concept with that, because, I mean... The budgets for some of these are pretty high. Oh my god, are you looking at the first one, Message in a Bottle? Eighty million. Eighty million for a romance film? Are you wow? Like, was there was is. there like some crazy effects or something in in Message in a Bottle? It has Kevin Costner, oh, Robin maybe, Wright. Maybe like those it, are both big stars back in the day. So maybe like yeah, it costs like a lot of money. For a lot that. of money to get them. Oh, it seems like there were a lot of script revisions and shooting permissions that they had to do. Oh, that would make sense. Well, we're not talking about Message in a Bottle. We're talking yeah. about The Notebook. You're right, yep. Um, it's directed by Nick Cassavetes, who is the son of John Cassavetes and Gina Rowland, which is, like, insane to mm-hmm. think about. Like, the son of the man who directed, like, A Woman Under the Influence. And then Gina Rowland is, like, she's also a really famous actor actress herself she's in this film as well mm-hmm. but yeah he went on to direct this film i don't think he's done anything interesting oh yeah hey, interesting yeah he's director. <laughs> interesting um I, I thought you were gonna say he hasn't done anything i'm like uh well he but has he has done <laughs> stuff but just not really you know not really a woman under the influence level quality <laughs> yeah 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 i mean he probably made a shit ton of money with this film, so he oh, was, yeah. like, set. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Um. But I, I was reading. So, this film, before John... Or, not John. Nick Cassavetes became director. He was, like, the, their fourth choice. The first choice was Steven Spielberg. And he was actually really? on board 
to direct this film, but then he like decided to do other things. I think Catch Me If You Can came out this year, so oh yeah, it was around the or same time around frame. this time. So good for Steven Spielberg for getting out of that. Though it would be <laughs> yeah, really but... interesting to see how this film would have been if Steven Spielberg directed it. I feel like it would have been great because if there's any director that can do over sentimentality and make it great, it's him. That's true. So I feel like, I feel like honestly he would have been the best pick for this movie, but you know. Yeah. Oh, also I was wrong. Catch Me If You Can was two years before. He did The Terminal 2004 mm. with Tom Hanks, which probably was a better choice. I don't know actually because this made a lot of money. Yeah, I feel like The Terminal is one of Spielberg's like not as well known films. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And In retrospect, they... it probably still was a better choice than The Notebook, but you know. <laughs> Then they wanted Jim Sheridan um, as to direct, mm-hmm. who's done The Boxer and My, uh, My Left Foot. And then, I don't know who this is, but Martin Campbell. Cam- oh, he did... Campbell? Yeah, Campbell, sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. I think he did... Um, I could be wrong. Let me, let me see this. I want to say he did one of the 007 films. Yeah, he did Casino Royale. So, and wild, wild directing choices before yeah. they landed Nick Cassavetes, who said he wanted to do it. Uh-huh. But, I don't know, That I just thought it was really interesting to see that this movie, this really artificial, sentimental film was, like, people, the people they wanted to direct were, like, big blockbuster action directors. Well, maybe not Jim Sheridan. Yeah, but just, you know, people with, like, a vision, at least. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. That, 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 feels by... like, that feels like a stab at the director, and I really don't know what he, that, like, what he did beforehand. Well, so, if his other, if his... This, even talking, sorry, even talking about this film, like, can you feel Nick Cassavetes' is, like, direction in this film? No. It's, you it's can't not, really feel, like, a yeah. signature thing. Yeah. Like, n- none of the, yeah, none, none of the cinematography or anything really, like, stands out, or... This isn't a movie for, like, traditional film fans. It is for a certain niche audience, and it's a avid one that keeps wanting more, and is, like, the reason why these films still continue to exist, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so Nick Cassavetes directed it. It stars Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. Um, Ryan Gosling, he was relatively new when he was cast, right? Yeah, it was one of his, it was one of his earliest films. Um, yeah, and then Rachel McAdams, um, was in Mean Girls the same year, so, like, I always, when I think about The Notebook and Mean Girls, it just, like, shows how insane Rachel McAdams' range is, because she's playing mm-hmm. Regina George, like, one of the biggest bitches. <laughs> In movie history, in cinema yeah. history, and then you have Ali, who is like one of the, is just like this romantic lead who kind of is somewhat pathetic. Super in some like, ways. super like, head in the clouds, Passive, naive, yeah. naive, yeah, 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 yeah. So it starts with two of them, and yeah, basically the Notebook is about them falling in love in the nineteen sixties. 
I think it's... 1940s. Uh, yeah, 1940s. And they're, they, they're in the South, and um, Noah, played by Ryan Gosling, first sees Adam, who's played by Rachel McAdams, and Noah immediately falls in love with her and tries to pine over her, and after and, many like, and, attempts... And um, threatens to basically commit suicide. Oh, yeah. yeah that so happened. There's, there's one scene... When he's trying to like ask Allie on a date, he goes on the Ferris wheel, and um, basically like in a Ferris wheel, like only two people can sit there, but he jumps on as the third person because you know in the 1940s no safety regulations whatsoever. <laughs> so he jumps on as the third person, and then they tell him to get off. So he gets off by jumping on a bar and hanging on a bar, and then like hangs there for a really long time until. Rachel McAdams, Allie, says yes to going on a date with him. So that happened. So and that's, like, the grand gesture of love. <laughs> and that was one of the things that sort of set me off. Because <laughs> I was... That was, what, like, five, five, ten minutes into the movie? Oh, yeah. And it's I was really just like, quick. I was just like, the movie wants to portray this as some, like... As some, like... Like grandiose gesture of love, but really he's just being mani- manipulative, manipulative, and an asshole. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> or not a dick, but like, I my way or the highway. They right. both kind of are mm-hmm. in a way. And he keeps on telling her, uh, like when they finally do go out, like, "Oh, you need to calm down. You need to like study less. You need to blah 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 blah." And it's just mm-hmm. like, uh Yeah. It's, but it's, yes. Yeah, so they do end up getting together. And then, like, the first half of the film is them basic, basically showing montages of them having their summer romance in South Carolina or wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's the first half. And then Allie doesn't actually live where... They, like, have their fling. She lives somewhere else. But she's also going to go to Sarah Lawrence for college. So, like, there's, like, this inevitable breakup scene. Even though they still love each other. It's this very dramatic thing. Uh-huh. It's, and it's... so they, quote-unquote, break up. Yeah. After Allie leaves for Sarah Lawrence, there is, like, this one-year gap. So basically, they still love each other, and Ryan Gosling's character, oh my god, I need to stop doing that. Noah writes her letters every day to, like, tell her that he loves her, but Allie's mom always intercepts them before Allie can get them, so Allie thinks that, like, Noah just completely forgot about him. And so then they move on to their separate lives after, like, a year of no contact with one another. And then it does this time jump of, like, seven years to where Allie has now moved on to James Marsden. I don't know his name, his character's name, but it's James Marsden. <laughs> and uh, Noah becomes this drunk dude who goes to the war and then comes back and then is really sad. And then there's one scene... When he comes back to the war, he sees Allie with James Marsden's character. And so he becomes, like, an even more drunk mm-hmm. person. And then he rebuilds the 
dream mansion that he's always wanted to rebuild, which was a thing introduced in the beginning, but I forgot about yeah, it with, until now. With, with, <laughs> with him and Allie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, um, they find their way back to each other because Noah has completed this building, this mansion, because it was like a very run-down place. And he gets onto the local newspaper and Allie sees him, so Allie goes and finds him. And then they reunite and do their whole spiel of fighting. I should have... You didn't call me... Not call. This is the 1940s. You didn't mess... You didn't mail me. Right, me. You didn't yeah. reach out to me. And then he's like, oh, I did. And then they reunite and they have that famous rain scene, which is on the poster and DVD cover and pretty much everything and it's like the most iconic scene I think within this film that mm -hmm. has like simmered throughout the cultural zeitgeist mm -hmm. and yeah and then they end up spoiler alert because this is already a really spoiler spoiler heavy podcast they end up getting back together oh and then and then um going back on like the like oh you didn't write me part I, th I thought it was so funny, but so it's just so stupid that the mom had just had the letters in the trunk oh, yeah. of her car. It's like she just had them there. She hated him so much. Mm -hmm. I, like if I were in her position, I would have burned those letters and just be like, "Sorry, I don't know what you're talking." About. I mean, what, what what was her reason for keeping them? I don't know. Oh well, because at the end she was like, at the end. Oh so right, 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 right. Her right, mom yeah. doesn't want Allie to be with Noah because Noah is like lower class compared to them and their There's some there's some Romeo life. and Juliet parallels yeah, going yeah. on there. And but then she in the end accepts it because she she tells Allie, Oh, I was in a similar position. I loved a lower class man too, but mm -hmm. I decided to pick the rich man. Uh, I've seen my mistakes because Blah, 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 blah. No, it doesn't even look like Noah's, like, bad off. Like, money-wise, he has this really nice... I mean, he built yeah. that entire, like... Yeah, that comes mansion. And money. even, like, even like the the house that he shared with his dad <laughs> was a nice house. I mean, yeah, exactly. given, given, like... It's, it's, it's just funny, because, like, given the economy was obviously different, but, like, millennials couldn't afford that house that they were living in. Yeah, and if they were even in a financial situation, Ryan, or Noah, could have just sold that mansion he built. Like, everyone was offering him, like, $500,000. Mm -hmm. So... Oh, there's there's the one the, the one couple that were, like, offering above the listing price, and he's just oh, like, yeah. no sane person would do that, and he doesn't and I don't offer want to, it to I don't want an insane person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this film is so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but did you know, kind of off topic, but going back to the Steven Spielberg thing, did you know Steven Spielberg wanted Tom Cruise to play Noah? No. <laughs> that would have been such an odd pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, yeah, because they're supposed to be like in high school at the beginning. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise? This came out in 2004. <laughs> After his divorce with Nicole Kidman <laughs> already. Wow. And who has kids with her. I mean, he's what, like 56 and he's doing the Mission Impossible series That's now? You know, he can, do know. What, he can do anything he wants. That's true. But I, this movie would have had so different energy. 
Yeah, and I mean, I feel like Tom Cruise can pull off like Southern charm because this is this film is like Southern charm toned all the way. Yeah, I mean, I feel like without this movie, like what what other like notable roles were there from Ryan Gosling before this movie? Like, I feel like this kind of jump started. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. This, this this is the movie that jump started him into like a, yeah. a great career. I, he's, I mean, he's a the, great actor. Yeah, for sure. He, he does he does his best with this material, and so does Rachel McAdams. Oh yeah, for sure. They're like the best parts of this film, other mm-hmm. than maybe Gina Rollins. But um, yeah, they do their best with the material. I read online somewhere that the reason why they cast Ryan Gosling was because he's not too handsome. He's average looking, which like looking back, that's now, a, that's is an insult. Absurd. <laughs> What's the what the heck? I mean, even in this film, he was pretty good looking. And like now, Ryan Gosling is like a really handsome actor. And I, the, I feel like the, that's... the reasoning of he was not that handsome is so interesting. That's kind of that's kind of offensive. Like, not, not <laughs> oh, he's we only hired him because he's somewhat attractive. You know? <laughs> yeah, but in general, what makes this film, I guess, stand out is just how in the cultural zeitgeist it is. Mm-hmm. There's so many quotes within the notebook that people can spout and off the top of their head. There's Twitter memes. Even though this movie came out in, what, 2004? As we mm-hmm. said, it's Rotten Tomatoes rating is 85%. For audience. Yeah, audience. Yeah. Did I say it, critics? No, you said you said rating. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. It's audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes is 85%. So people mm-hmm. like this film. Oh, yeah. And I think me and you are kind of on the side that it's like, eh, it's whatever, right? It's it's very, like, uh, I, I gave it I gave it two and a half on Letterboxd because, I mean, it, it, it definitely has its audience. It's not, like, the worst thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's just very, very, very cheesy. and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really, I think, manipulative in its way of getting, like, idyllicism and fantasy and romance and emotion out of its audience. Mm-hmm. Like, the the rain and then them yelling and they're like, I never gave up on you, blah, 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 blah. Like, those specific moments just feel like they come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not like- that much build-up to any of these emotional beats but they are emotional for the fact of what the language is suggesting and then the sweeping music that mm-hmm. they use what what the movie's trying to tell us and um yeah it's it's like not, not that you mentioned that like at the be- at the beginning it kind of does the same thing because it's like it's like super like cloying and just just overly sentimental like oh my god they're in love they spent like every single waking minute together mm-hmm. and then like it never shows anything like suggesting that um like oh yeah like maybe like they have like some issues or they fight until like all of a sudden it shows like it shows a quick montage of them just fighting all the time yeah and it's like this is so abrupt and this is so sudden this could have been built up and it would have been more compelling but it was just it felt like they needed to like like force that in but even Um, the the fighting they frame the whole movie around as like a story so i think we, we didn't even mention this part all right yeah we didn't yeah the whole film is framed as a giant flashback because um noah in its present time who's an older man in a retirement home is telling the story to 
the older version of Allie, played by Gina Rowland. Um, the older version is played by, um, I'm looking up his name, James Gardner. And so he's recounting the story to an older version of Allie who has Alzheimer's, which is another form of just like, we're gonna beat you hard with emotions, uh-huh. make you sad that this lady has Alzheimer's, which is not good. Like having Alzheimer's is not good, but that's just another layer of here's another beat that you'll feel sad about. Mm-hmm. And like, so, oh, isn't it? Isn't it so sad? Like, like she doesn't remember that the love, this the love they had. Story. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, where she does like remember for like two minutes. That and part, then all of a sudden she's like, "Who are you? Stop oh, calling yeah. me that." Yeah. Yeah, like that part is also just like another. I can see what you're doing to me at the moment, which I mm-hmm. think people who enjoy this film probably don't really care about that, and they don't see it like the movie directly coming at you and telling you, okay, we're going to make you feel sad. Where mm-hmm. uh, me and you probably have seen way too many movies, and it's just like... Yeah, uh, we're, we're, okay. we're like desensitized to that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I, I don't even want to brag, but I have seen... I haven't seen that many movies, but I just... I don't know, because when I was seven and I watched this film, I guess I just didn't see it. And I, the more times I've watched this film, I, like the more I understand how the director is picking at my emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's why, as you mentioned way early in the podcast, I gave it a two and a half because I watched it with a friend like a couple months ago. And then when I rewatched it for this pod to like refresh, it just got worse <laughs> for me. Right. I don't know. But going back to it being framed as a flashback, even when we're talking about those fighting moments, the fighting moments that you said were really jarring, because of the flashback, it doesn't seem like as problematic because he's just mentioning, oh, they fought, but that's what couples do. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think this, that's kind of why I have a problem with this film. There are problematic moments of their relationship that are just seen as like, oh, that's what couples do. Right. And because it, it tries to frame this like idyllic, like, t- like, teenage relationship and that like despite like how naive Allie was mm-hmm. like it, it tries to frame like oh their relationship was like perfect even though there yeah. was like a lot of these underlying problems that haven't that weren't dealt with and like when they like break up mm-hmm. or whatever um she was like oh we're just like having another fight or whatever like yeah, like you yeah, love yeah. me or, or like um when she is like oh yeah like or when, um, what's his name? Sorry, I'm, like, completely rambling. Is but, it um, James Marsden? No. I'm forgetting Ryan Gosling's character name. Is it the small one? The, 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 his small, his smaller friend, I guess? No, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting Ryan Gosling's character name. Oh, Noah. <laughs> Noah, Noah. When Noah is like, well, what am I gonna do? Because, because, um, Allie proposes, like, hey, just, like, move with me to New York. And mm-hmm. then and then he's like, well, what am I going to do in New York? Like, I have, like, my dad and my family and whatever here. Yeah. And, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to, like, like hold you back. Like, because you're going yeah. to college. You're getting an education. I can't afford that. And so mm-hmm. he, he's being, like, mature about it. But she's like, she's like, oh, well, like, you can just, like, be with me. Mm-hmm. And it, it tries to frame that as, like, oh, he wasn't as into it but he actually was, and so yeah, it's just... Yeah, they just had, like, serious financial issues because they already frame it as she's too rich for him. That's the right. reason why her parents don't want her to be with him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I don't know 
what they were trying to imply with the dad. I felt like they were trying to imply that he had maybe a sickness or something or that he had to take care of his dad somehow. I don't know. I kind of got that vibe. I don't really... Oh, yeah, because he, he dies. Well, yeah. But does it ever really explain, like, what happens to him? Not really. And then, I don't know, maybe because it's the scene where he recites poetry that kind of threw me off for a second. It, like, suggested either Noah or his dad has some sort of mental illness, maybe? Or maybe I'm just reading too much into it, because that scene seemed odd mm-hmm. as well, other than a cheesy moment where he's like, oh, Ryan got Noah stutters. Dad! Oh, Dad, you're uh, embarrassing me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe the dad was just a plot device to make... Ryan's, go- oh my god, I keep saying Ryan Gosling's character, Noah's descent into depression, quote-unquote, mm. to oppression, more plausible, because his like, best friend died in the war, and then his dad died, and then Allie moved on, and so all these things just bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that this was the first time you've seen this film. I'm yes. actually really curious, when you were growing out, up how important the notebook was to you or the people around you i mean i know like my sister loved it growing Mm -hmm. up like i remember i remember like uh my sister and my mom watching it but like i didn't (laughs) i didn't want to watch it so i just like went upstairs or whatever but like was there like a feeling that this film was somewhat important or no i feel like if you stripped the movie like completely out of the context like out of the social zeitgeist out of the context (laughs) of that i feel like there's really not anything you know exceptional about it that like stands out because like i've seen more romantic movies and like romantic comedies and stuff from my childhood that i can like point out and be like like okay this has this about it Mm-hmm. Like, I remember watching, like, 13 Going on 30. I still mm-hmm. think that's a good movie. And that, like, just because of, like, what it does with the plot and mm-hmm. everything there is, is really interesting, I think. And there's really not much about The Notebook that personally stands out to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because for me, at least growing up, like, this was the romantic film. Like, all my friends were like, oh, Nolan Alley are couple goals. This is the romance I want, which is kind of problematic when I think about it back. Honestly, I, I, sort of, I sort of think they draw a lot of uncomfortable parallels with something like uh, the Joker and Harley Quinn. Oh my god. In some ways. Like, I, I kept thinking about that when I was watching this movie, like, especially Wait, in how, the early how? scenes. What, I, what I, I don't, or just like all the problematic stuff about it. Mm-hmm. just like oh he's like performing this rom- this quote-unquote romantic gesture by like threatening to <laughs> fall <laughs> off the ferris wheel like it like it, it's just one of those things that can be interpreted like interpreted could be interpreted as, as and... yeah or like like in some eyes is like oh it's like he's like being so romantic but really he's just being manipulative mm-hmm Eh. And there's like a couple instances of that, but that's like the main one that like really irritated me because I, because the movie frames it like, oh, he's he's like doing this romantic gesture, yeah, yeah. romantic gesture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny. 
<laughs> I didn't think about that when I mean I like saw it as like wow he's he's really just manipulating her like he can yeah. totally die mm-hmm. and it's like that's like blackmailing her essentially to go right. on a date with him but it's I don't know I just find it fascinating how it's become such this cultural icon within our at least in the United States Noah and Ali, I think a lot of people who might not be super into film may see, oh, Ryan Gosling, the guy from The Notebook, Rachel McAdams, the girl from The Notebook. Uh-huh. I think people still, like, relate this film, like, relate them to this film specifically. Even though they've gone on to do much better things. Yeah, yeah well, you know, Ryan Gosling, Lala Land, Blade Runner, uh-huh. Rachel McAdams. Who, like, she's great in Mean Girls, which came out the same year. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Spotlight, uh, Disobedience. They're, they're both, yeah, they're both Oscar-nominated actors now. Yeah. yeah. So, but there's just this love for this film that's super weird. And I think it's just, in general, all Nicholas Sparks films, maybe. Like, there's this artificiality of The Notebook and all of Nicholas Sparks' book-to-films that, I mean, these films can be in their own universe because they all kind of have the same yucky, or not yucky, yeah, kind of yucky, kind of yucky, artificiality, yeah, yeah. southern, southern charm, mm-hmm. fantasy, where there's like this southern man who falls in love with a naive southern beautiful woman, and they all kind of have the same night levity like naive tone to it uh-huh. that people seem to be really drawn into and then especially the notebook because the notebook like as we talked about in the beginning is critically the best one even though it's at 52 percent right i think it's interesting too that you mentioned like rachel mcadams being in both being in both mean girls and the notebook in the in the same year and how like they both yeah mean girls came out in 2004 right yep yeah 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 um, and how they both kind of have like this big following mm-hmm. much, lo- much later after or much longer after, you know, their release date. But you um, know, Mean Girls is actually good. But Mean Girls is like a much, <laughs> much better film. But I'm trying to remember like the last time I've heard someone talk about The Notebook. I hear it all the time. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's Ma- just where I came from where a bunch of people were white and loved this film and I hung out with a lot of girls probably i don't want to stereotype or generalize but i'm assuming that maybe more girls tend to like this film i think that's definitely i think that's definitely the case at all but i mean yeah even with the white comment that i said like i don't want to generalize but it's this Mm -hmm. this film is that white mom soccer mom film that they like it's their favorite film yeah yeah it's like that joke of like the Fabio fantasy romance novels mm-hmm. is just not Fabio, but rather Southern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know who Fabio is. Honestly, I don't. Oh, he's like this Italian romance, or like, I think he's an actual dude, but there's like this type of archetype where he's like this Italian, tanned, strong romance lead, always with the girl like falls in love with or something and like mm. these typical 
romance novels that, yeah, rom- romance novels, yeah, which I don't really read, but <laughs> I've heard about, like, these specific archetypes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, Nicholas Sparks, I, he's a very problematic man. He just makes money off of these things. Like, they're all, have you seen other Nicholas Sparks films? Um, I want to say I've seen, like, was, was A Walk to Remember a I Nicholas Sparks that thing? One, but yeah, yeah, that is a Nicholas Sparks one. Okay, I, th- I, think, I've, I think I've seen that one. That one um, is also problematic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they all kind of have the same frothy tone of right. this could happen to you, but it's, like, totally out- it's unrealistic so unrealistic. At the same time. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. it's, he, he's selling a fantasy. Like, yeah, that, that's that's totally so. just what these movies are. They're, yeah. they're r- romantic fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. I just find it so interesting. And that's kind of why I like, suggested it. Like, this film is, I mean, people are celebrating its 15 years. Mm-hmm. I remember in my, at my school, like, they really wanted to see The Notebook 2 come out. And there were these really rumors from, like, weird and odd sites where they're like oh the notebook 2 might be filming where we live because i live in like the fucking middle of nowhere uh, <laughs> and people were so excited to want to see the notebook 2 mm-hmm. and like looking back on it now i'm like and re-watching the film like this film is problematic in the ways that we have said where it shows a unrealistic relationship and a kind of manipulative one or the way it starts out in the beginning Mm-hmm. And it portrays this as this like relationship goals, like everyone should strive for this. Right. Now I think I think in terms of the problematic, it, it's 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 less so towards the end. Oh yeah, um, I think it's less towards to the end and more just because. The beginning. Yeah, yeah. I, because um, why do I keep forgetting his name? <laughs> Noah. Noah. <laughs> this, and he's like he's like oh you know we'll fight. Which I mean, honestly, wasn't something that was that well developed. And like, we'll uh, we'll fight. That's just like the nature of relationships. But mm-hmm. like, I love you, and I'm willing to stick through this, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was like the 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 low point of the <laughs> of the problematic stuff in the movie. Yeah, because that yeah. was that that was like the most realistic that movie got was like in that <laughs> moment. But it's like not earned, so it's just like uh, right. It's it's not built up at all. It just it oh, just yeah. kind of comes out of left field and again it yeah oh what are you gonna say no 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 continue your thoughts sorry oh but um and and again with the breakup scene it 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 seems like it seems like he's not really willing to make that commitment Mm -hmm. to go all the way to new york and so the the fact that he ended up writing all these letters is like and 365 of them apparently <laughs> and one for which, each day which um like that's a lot of money for stamps i know like mm-hmm. stamps are not cheap even now mm-hmm. were they cheap then and 365 of them come on yeah <laughs> like you have to be you have to be passionate that'd be very passionate <laughs> in order to write that many letters and yeah. it's just it's just not something that was built up by the film. It was just, yeah. Yeah, I have another question in terms of because this film half of it is like told in this flashback in this retirement home. Does this film work with it with it or without it? 
I feel like if it was just, I feel like it doesn't hurt it. Mm-hmm. Because everyone, I think it's like, okay. This film is just like, oh, this is Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams' this film. But a good chunk of this film is dedicated to the retirement home scenes. I just think that it was pointless uh-huh. for them to rename the character to Duke. <laughs> because we all know. Wait, okay, when did you figure this out? Because I know this part is like one of the parts where some people I know are like, oh my god, I didn't see that coming. It's so sad. Because it's revealed halfway through the film when his kids come. And they're like, oh, how's mom doing? Mm-hmm. So when did you know it was like, oh, this is no one alley? I kind of just, I kind of just guessed it, like, okay. near the beginning. Okay, because that's, like, another thing of, like, oh, you're emotionally manipulating me by having them recount the story. But, okay, <laughs> literally, like, they call him, multiple characters <laughs> call him Duke. <laughs> Is that, like, a nickname for I don't, I don't know. Something, like, <laughs> I don't really know. I and I was trying to think, like, did other characters, like, in, in the flashbacks, do other characters, like, refer to him as Duke? But I don't ever remember, like, hearing that. <laughs> and, it, like, the only point, the only reason they had that was so audiences wouldn't know that it was Noah. Yeah, until halfway, and then it becomes right. sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would it have benefited with more of it or less of it? More of... More of retirement home scenes and flat, like stopping abruptly, because there's a bunch of times where it's just like, like oh you need to go have lunch now and then the Ali, the older version of Ali, is just like oh I want to hear more of the story and then they mm-hmm. go back and tell the story and it's just this like two minute cut. <laughs> I think yeah I mean I think some of them are really drawn out. But all things considered, I think that the movies pace pretty well and that they place pretty evenly. I must say, even though we gave a lot of flack for the beginning, the beginning is moves, it moves. Mm. <laughs> it's like 30 minutes and, we're, and then their, their, their fling is done and I think it moves well. If we want to give some credit to this film. Yeah, I mean, as like annoyed as I was at, at a lot of this movie, like I was never bored. Like it, it, it <laughs> exactly. If, it flows well. It has good pacing, good editing. You got to give it that. I feel like this is one of those movies where you can just have on in the background. Like right. It you can play on like an ABC Family or a TNT or a TBS and just do something on your computer. Mm-hmm. do other work while right. simultaneously on and you can still kind of understand what it's saying while editing a podcast about the network <laughs> yep <laughs> but I think that's kind of it right well, that's all we have to really talk about this film <laughs> I just I just think it's so wild mm-hmm. how important it is I guess to some people's cultural zeitgeist and 15 yeah. years 15 years and people still see this as talk like about the it and love of romance. it but it's interesting because the notebook kind of pushes this new wave of romance films right nicholas sparks kind of goes on a run where he mm-hmm. pretty much it seems like he producing a film every other year right and then i mean and I f- if anything the notebook just feels like a more elegant fan fiction yeah it does it does feel really fan fictiony yeah just, i see like, that better <laughs> yeah i mean i mean definitely like 
more like well produced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, shall we say our closing thoughts? Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, I really enjoy this film without seven, and then over the years, I realized how problematic it is. I just, for me, it's always just interesting to look at how important this film is to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. as I we said, kind of towards the end, it kind of spurs this run of the same southern fantasy fairy tale vibe type of films these fan- fantastical romance films like the last song dear john Morn, nicholas sparks films which i've sadly seen most of them which is i i don't even know why i have seen most of them but <laughs> that's a discussion for another day but i don't know it just seems 15 years that's a lot but even now like looking at the films that are coming out now i just don't see a film like the notebook anymore this really idyllic romance film that people a lot of people talk about if anything for me it's always been rom-coms like mm-hmm. to all the boys i loved before stuff or films like that mm-hmm. where there's a lighter tone now and maybe our generation prefers the lighter tone of romance because this is for all the flack that we've given it is a little more dramatic and darker mm-hmm. quote yeah. unquote darker it doesn't have that light frothy tone that like a rom-com that mm-hmm. netflix produced has now yeah, it has i don't see films like that anymore today mm-hmm. i think it's actually really interesting that you bring that up because i feel like that's maybe part of the reason why you know people still adore this movie Mm-hmm. is because it's like, oh, we haven't really gotten something like it, and it already has that sort of nostalgic tone to it. Yeah. And so maybe maybe it like brings people back whenever they, they revisit it or, or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I just don't... I don't know another film I can compare this to. Yeah. Like, dramatic romance films, the only ones I can think about are, like, Carol. But even Carol is more prestigious and better... Mm-hmm. Out, or like or like Beale Street, but Beale yeah, Street's like. But they don't have that southern fantastical tone that something like a Nicholas Sparks Notebook has. They, it, they are both romance films, but they feel so much different. Mm-hmm. In a way that I think, yeah, as you said, it's probably it already people are already like yearning for more, but no one can create something. I guess as good as this film. <laughs> that, that feels weird to say though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For audiences that aren't us, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it. you know, there are trends in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, maybe back then it was like... This was definitely a big trend right. in Hollywood for a while. I remember a lot of Nicholas Spark stuff. And now I don't think he's going to get a film made ever again after his little ban lgbt thing oh yikes i didn't know about that oh yeah apparently he he was like a pta person in some school or something and he like wrote a letter saying oh we shouldn't have lgbt clubs or something like that at our school because it's not christian so yeah he's a really problematic guy but yeah it doesn't i'm like looking at his filmography it doesn't look or not filmography discography what is an author's version of that? Whatever. Like, looking at all the books that he's written, it doesn't seem like he has one, he has written one that people eagerly want to be seen as a film. So, mm-hmm. he's canceled, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Everyone go support um, romance, LGBT yeah, yeah. romance films. Yes, we Instead love. of more Nicholas Sparks type yeah. movies. Yeah. We've had enough of those. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Representation matters, people. <laughs> but yeah, that's about all I have, we have to say about this film. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have much else to say either. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's... It's very cloying and manipulative and very much not my thing, but <laughs> I can acknowledge that it has a place and people enjoy it. It still has, um, all things considered, it still has great acting. It propelled the careers of, of Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. I mean, yeah. arguably Mean Girls did more than more of that than, than this film, but regardless. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Possibly, but yeah. reg- regardless, um, I think you have to give it credit for for that. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's still it's it's a watchable film. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's not like hurting society in any way. Right, I guess. right. It's not it's not like completely like offensive. It's just it's 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 pretty it's it's a little problematic, but it's not like the, you know it's the worst pain, thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that should do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Follow us on Facebook and our other social media platforms. We'll have the podcast posted on iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. SoundCloud and yep. Uh, Spotify. Yep. And then our Facebook is UW Film Club. And then we have Twitter and Instagram, Film Club UW. Mm-hmm. And then we also have stuff on our webs. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have... We're going to try to cover stuff over the summer and review upcoming releases. So you can check that out at students.washington.edu slash film. Mm-hmm. And you um, can also check out our old SIF stuff. Yeah, we just, um, our last couple of podcasts, we did a big um, SIF roundup. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about quite a lot of films. We have some interviews there. Um, yeah, all really, really cool. interesting. Yes, all really cool. I would, I would definitely check that out. Um, as well as we have the capsule reviews written on our website, so check those yeah. out too. For Sif. forty-one. Yeah, That's covered like a, a, a good portion. Of the film. Yeah. Film <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, thanks for listening, and goodbye. See you, yeah, see you next week.